0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Now that you're in the game and you get drafted by this team, Detroit Lions, bad football team, bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we can't even like tiptoe around it. Like, listen, I serve my. T- we look forward to playing the Lions when we was in the league. <laughs> I look forward to playing them, and I played with Cincinnati.
1: Everybody did. Everybody came in there like, oh, yeah, we're going to get this dub today. So, Y'all know it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, like, you talk about Sean, and the reason why I bring this up because he, he challenged you and he said, you know what, do you want to be great? And he asked you several times because I'm taking it that he already knew what the culture was in that Detroit Lions locker room. He knew what the culture was inside of that coaching staff. He knew the lack of leadership. How did you stay focused? What kept you going to where you, you said, I'm not going to allow the culture to become a part of me. Let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to another edition of Behind the Mask Podcast. I'm your host, Takiyo Spikes. Shout out to the co-host over there, two Time,
2: Your favorite plus-size model.
0: There you go. And <laughs> two, we got to say this again, but we have another special guest. Calvin Johnson, future Hall of Famer. He accomplished a lot, but we got to go behind the mask and find out the real nitty-gritty. Yeah, all right, cool. CJ, you ready? Ready. Let me, get, let me, let me introduce, let me, let, let me reset everything right because down. people need to know, <laughs> like, the greatness. Like, we not gonna, we're not going to uh, just sleep on the greatness. Six-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro. All-Pro is All-Pro, so I don't care about first and second-team. Two times you led the NFL in receiving yards. All-rookie team led the league in receptions. In college, you won the Belitnikoff Award for the best receiver in the nation. ACC Player of the Year from the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. All-American there. And last but not least, it's one of my favorite records that you hold. The all-time yards in a season at 1,964. That's amazing, bro! <laughs> Give it up for this man, C.J. in the building, man.
2: Johnson, man. welcome to Studio Fifty One. man. Yeah, good to be here. Good to yeah. be
1: here.
0: Yeah, good to be here. Hey, so, 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 um, I mean, like, we know you're out of the game, and we know what you've been doing. But when we when we take a snapshot of what you've done and what you've accomplished over the years, mm-hmm. uh, do you really think much about, like, you know what? Like, I just miss playing the game because I accomplished so much within a short period of time. And you only played nine years. Well, nine years is not necessarily short, but you walked away on your own terms, which a lot of guys don't do.
1: Right. Get the question a lot, man. I think for me, at the end of the day, it all came down to how I felt, how I was personally and how my body felt had a lot to do with how I felt as a player And I felt that if I couldn't um, put my best product, put the best version of myself out there on the field and put it out there uh, for my team to benefit from, you know, if I couldn't be that guy, you know, I I had no business being out there. That was, um, but other than a couple other goals that I had set for myself coming into the league, that was one of the things I told myself I'm not going to be out here just, you know, collecting the check. If I can't do it great at the greatest level, I ain't got no business out there. But your worst season and saying that,
2: Loosely, your worst season was 756 yards, four touchdowns. That's some players' best season in the league, and that was your rookie year. Mm-hmm. You're talking about you, you didn't feel like you could do it anymore. Your last year, <laughs> 1,214 yards, nine touchdowns. You, as Spike said, you walked
1: away on your own court, yeah. dropped the mic on them,
2: and you felt like you couldn't do it no
1: more? Body. It just wasn't—the passion wasn't there anymore. When the body hurt so much on my— like, the swellings in the knees and ankles yeah. so much that I can't dig and, and run like I want to and, and, and separate like I want to. It just wasn't the passion wasn't there. But 12, 14, bro? Like, <laughs> I mean, I can go out there, go out there and stand and catch balls all day. But I can't, I can't <laughs> fathom. Like, to, to put all the work in to get to that point, yeah. to the season, and, and to keep doing that over. I remember after my eighth season, I went and told my dad. You know, I was like, I think I'm done. I'm going to hang him up. After my eighth season, we're sitting in, down in Tyrone, Georgia, on this couch. And he's sitting across from me right there. And I was just, he was just like, he asked me, "Can't you think you could do it again? And I sit there and pause. And before I could say anything, he's like, since you ain't say nothing, since you paused, you could do it again. So I was like, okay, all right. I'm going to go out here and do it one more time. And that was going into my ninth year. And obviously, you know, I, I retired after that. And, but before then, you know, I had goals. I wanted to play. My goals play 10 years, you know, have like 10,000 yards. I feel like if I was able to do those things, I'll be able to have a you know decent impact on the league. And I was able able to do all those things in eight years. And um, you know, so I came back for the ninth just to you know just because just I knew yeah, I could I could do it one more time. But the the the, the I love the game, but that that the fire wasn't there because the, you know, it's it's hard to have that fire past the pain right. to, get, to get past the pain and then to um, be able to go out there and, and put the practice in, put the time in that you need to put in. I wasn't even able to do those things. I'm riding a bike every week, you know, all week during – I'm just playing on Sundays pretty much, you know. And that's just – for me for mentally, didn't feel right, wasn't right. I didn't have my win. There's a lot of things that go into it, you know. Um, winning, not lack of winning, that yeah. you know, that, that goes into it, you know. So, but like I said, it's the pain and, and all those things, it just takes the fire away from it. And I just didn't – not that I didn't love it, but the love wasn't there like it was. It was just a job at that point. And, you know, I was already thinking, like, okay, what's next?
0: You know, before we extend on that, you talk about the passion, um, the passion of the game. And, 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 you know, a lot of times people just see the end result, what you do in the NFL. Uh, talk about what really sparked your passion at a young age uh, to play the game of football. Yep,
1: yep. I wanted to play football. I grew up playing um, in uh, Fairburn and Duncan Park. In Fairburn, Georgia, um, Fairburn Flames. This Eric Berry. He, you know, he donated a lot to that park. He grew up playing football there. The Fairburn Flames. They're orange and blue. Cool as uniform. I just wanted to play because the uniforms was just fire. You know? <laughs> oh, I be leaving. I be leaving baseball practice, and you see him out there with the orange flames on the helmet, the blue helmet, and whatnot. I'm like, oh, that's so cool, mom. I want to play. Mom was like, mom was like, no, you're not playing too little. You know, mom didn't let me play till I got to seventh grade. Finally, was able to play. I played running back. I was. I didn't hit my growth spurt yet in middle school played DB and running back. Nice. You know, I didn't play too much uh, running back. I played a little bit of DB because I was still young in the game and I went to high school, hit a growth spurt, they moved me over to receiver and and then uh, I had a coach when I was after my rookie year. They called me Butterfingers. Why oh, do they call, they rookie, call my, you I Butterfingers? Not my though. rookie year but my um freshman, freshman year. Freshman oh, year. I couldn't catch a cold. Like, man bad.
0: stop. Well man.
1: I could catch I may I have some good plays, but then I would drop a lot of balls though. So you know all I did that offseason was work on my, work on catching the ball. You know, they had a little thing you tied to a fence throw the ball away from you to come back hundred miles an hour, you know? Yeah. But um, you know, from that, it's just having that kind of those kind of things happen, people like Butterfingers, you know, okay, you a high school kid, those impressions, they, they leave impact, you know, so I'm like, okay, this can't happen. I can't be that guy. You know, I'm not gonna be that guy. Ain't nobody gonna be like, hey, you Butterfingers, no, nah, I gotta be great. <laughs> you know, so I think um that was part of it. And then I had a coach, you know, that came to me to follow me after my junior year and you know, he kind of Breathe confidence to, to me, you know. He was like, "I believe in you. I know you." Because he told me where he could see me. I'm like, I couldn't see myself there, uh-huh. you know. So hearing that from him, those things, you know, he he was literally breathed confidence into me, you know. Kind of gave me a little little vision. Not, that, I mean, my, your parents do this stuff every day, but when you hear from somebody else, yeah, you I'm know, sure. kind of makes sense, you know. But um, you know, that's kind of where that drives. Not, I mean, not to mention, I didn't even mention my parents, you know. they growing up. My mom's an educator. Right. That's the why I went to Georgia Tech because I thought I could get the best education over that's Georgia get a job anywhere afterwards, you know,
0: not thinking about what football could do, you know, right. just being realistic, trying to be, you know. Um, Me hearing the story, though, and you saying, you know what, I really didn't want to play the game, but you was like, I played because of the uh, the uniforms.
1: Oh, yeah, when I was kid, also, I was like, I just want to play because it was cool. It looked cool.
0: And see, now, when you think about college, player. when you think about college, you fun. think about who has the flyest uniforms in college, <laughs> Oregon, on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm surprised, like, okay, Oregon didn't even have a shot. No, no. By, by that point, it was
1: more about I love the game because at that point, baseball my love. Growing up, mm-hmm. I love baseball. I was good at baseball, and when I got to high school, and football started to turn like that. That sophomore year, going to that junior year, and I started to you know see see an avenue. Maybe just this, this is going to get me a scholarship. You know, my parents ain't got paid pay for school. Good. Um, it took baseball kind of went to the side. You know, baseball was my thing. I, I was like I was really good in baseball, and that kind of fell to the side, and football just took over. I love football as a team sport. I love the camaraderie and the grind behind it. And I love the grind because that's all my parents did. You know, they grind from when we were kids. You know, I saw my dad, he worked on the railroad. My mom's an educator. You know, they had those jobs growing I mean, growing up and they worked all the time. So, so I knew it wasn't no choice. You gotta work for what yeah. you want, you know?
2: Absolutely. So how'd you go from Butterfingers yeah. to, <laughs> to the to the call for for war? <laughs> to Megatron, like these large okay. life. Uh, Butter? yeah. Wonders. That's <laughs> <Like> kids. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you realize this, man. Kids look up to you in terms of what and who you were on and off the field. That's amazing. They even got uh, DK Metcalf, my nephew, now at Seattle. Yeah, yeah. they call him you know Bobby. Megatron. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, so how do you, how does it feel? How did it? How was it going from Butterfingers to Megatron? And how does it feel mm-hmm. now? You know, leaving that on the game. You know,
1: just seeing that manifestation, the hard work. You know, it just kind of showed me right away that okay. If I from high school, okay. If I go and put the work in, I'm gonna see results. So I just take that 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 mindset is even just more emboldened now. So if you're just able to add a little bit of, you know, sprinkle a little bit of talent on top of that hard work, then you could do, you know, supernatural things. You sprinkle a little God into that mission, sure, you know, you get your little faith into that mission, sure, you know, you, you're doing you like Superman out there, you know. And so all those things weren't there at first, you know. Um, those were picked up over time, you know, the, the, the discipline, you know, the faith in my life. Those were picked up over the time in college, you know, going leading up to the blit and the cough and stuff like that. And I kind of had those tools going into the league, but I was still raw. So I got to the league. I had a great coach in Sean Jefferson he approached me for day one. He's like you want to be great. And I'm like, yeah, of course, you know. He asked me again, though, for real. You want to be great? I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm gonna coach you like you want to be great. Yeah. And every day, non-relentless. Whether I if I didn't want to do it what yelling me in the shape, like, like getting on me, you know? It's just It was that kind of um, constant, um, I guess uh, the values that were, were put in front of me from the people that I loved and respected the most, you know, that helped me, that I, that I learned from, that were ingrained in me, to help me to get to the point uh, where I am today.
2: Who'd you look up to as a young receiver in the game?
1: Oh, yeah. I looked up Randy Moss. Of course, I want to Moss some folks. You know, I looked up, the, I <laughs> awesome. love T.O. because he is like a train out there. You know, I loved, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, of course, you know, you love Jerry. Deion Sanders was my guy. I love Deion. Just, I mean, just Deion, you know, played baseball, played football. You know, I wanted to do that when I was a kid. Um, but receiver-wise, it was Randy. It was T.O. Uh, primarily. I want to be the and, and a little bit of Chris Carter because of the hands. You know, you got the hands, you got the big playability, and you got the you know the, the thoroughbred out there. T.O., just you know just just running all day, making plays. And I want to be the best of all those three things. Just you know the best of the, of the of what you could what you think about the best aspects of a receiver. I want to have the hands. I want to have the big playability. I want to be able to run my routes, be crispy. I want to be durable. You know, I just want, just want to put all those things into one package, and that's what I you know, try
0: to do. You talked about Sean Jefferson being your coach. He was a good wide receiver in the National Football League. Uh, Definitely left his mark. I remember him and also playing against him. But when you were drafted in, uh, what was it? Um, Seven. Oh, seven. First round pick, number two pick overall. You coming into the game with so much greatness. You know, people have so many high expectations for you. Now that you're in the game and you get drafted by this team, Detroit Knights, bad football team. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we can't even, like, tiptoe around it. Like, listen, I serve my t- We look forward to playing the Lions when we was in the league. <laughs> I look forward to playing them, and I played with Cincinnati. Everybody did. Everybody came in there like, oh, yeah, we're
1: going to get this dub today. So, Y'all know it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you talk about Sean, and the reason why I bring this up because he, he challenged you and he said – you know what, do you want to be great? And he asked you several times because I'm taking it that he already knew what the culture was in that Detroit Lions locker room. He knew what the culture was inside of that coaching staff. He knew the lack of leadership that they could let spread down onto the players. When you walked into that locker room understanding and knowing you did not know what you didn't know that first year, how did you stay focused? What kept you going to where you you said, I'm not going to allow the culture to become a part of me. Uh, a lot of it did have to do
1: with Sean Jay and him pushing me every day, but a lot of that has to do with what you got inside. You know, I, For me, and I, one of the things is, is that we all know is the eye in the sky don't lie. That product you're putting out there is for everybody to see. And I'd be damned if you see me out there loafing and the bullshitting on the play. I'm going to go out there and give you my best every play. So I think that had a lot to do with it. I didn't want anybody to see me you know, out there. I didn't want to have anybody... Put it like this. I feel like every time you turn on that film, it's like a first time impression. Mm-hmm. And you want to make a good first time impression to everybody. So that's why you couldn't lack on like any, not one, not one down. And then I think that a lot of that, I mean, Sean helped instill a lot of that in me, and the whole upbringing, upbringing contributed to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mom and the then, Pops, right? <laughs>
1: to that point, you know, I mean, you say you played with Sean, I'm like, dog, you old, bro.
0: <laughs> played with
1: Sean, I am like, dang, man.
0: <laughs> I played against Sean. I guess I'm still though. You age yourself. Yeah. I'm like, dang, shine like 50. <laughs> now I remember playing against him. I, I want to say he still, he he's still-
1: He's probably older than you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came in, what, 98? Let me trying to call me old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you was at, uh you, you were with the Lions yeah, your whole career, and I know you get the comparisons all the time of another Detroit Lion all-time Harry oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Sanders. Oh, yeah. uh, incredible talent, early draft picks, you guys both played your entire career with the Lions, and you both left on your own accord. Do you uh, agree with the the comparisons? Do you think that you guys are different? Or
1: um, I honestly haven't talked to Barry about it, and I'm sure one day we will um, be able to have that sit down. But I talked to other players, mm. and I talked to other players that played around Barry, and they haven't. They didn't say anything about Barry, but I have their um, true opinion. They said, like, man, if we were able to do what you do, if we were in your shoes, if we, you know, if we you know, we're able to be in the position that you're in. We would have walked away too. Uh. And I, you know, I, I hear that from multiple guys that played mm. on the team, that played in the Lions. Nice. And I, I, and I believe. I mean, I believe them it, it Doesn't I believe one because I started doing a little consulting when I um, retired. And I caught me. I loved the game. But I wanted to go around and pour into some receivers. So I was able to go around to a couple of different teams. And first, t- first things, I go to a different team. I'm like, whoa. This is how you should take care of your players. I go to Miami. It ain't like Miami's winning, but they're taking care of their players. You know, they're giving it back to their players. I go to um, different teams like Oakland. I see the things they have for their players. I'm like, damn, we don't have none of this in Detroit.
0: For an example, like, what didn't you have? Like, give give us some comparison because yeah. I have some stories, too, with Cincinnati, yeah. but I would love to hear your stories I'm just, with Detroit, you so, You know, you think
1: about this is the business you would think that they would want to keep their players in the most tip top shape and I don't want to crap on anybody that was like in the kitchens or nothing like that at, at the facility. But I just see the nutrition plans that they have. We're this is a billion dollar organization. These guys are making a whole lot of money. Why are you not helping these guys put the right stuff in their body? They're just coming out of college. They do not know exactly. They might not be a nutritionist nutritionist, you know. So why are you not doing everything in your power to make sure that you get the best product, the best things out of your players? And I see that at other organizations—not to say the Lions aren't doing some things—but they're not doing everything. And mm-hmm. if you're a billion-dollar organization, you're—you're—you you, can considerably get much more if you win, <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that? Right. But it's a—I mean, I mean, I mean—they uh, run a Ford company. That's probably their first priority, <laughs> you know. It may be. Uh, you know, they're about saving the dollars. So that's probably, they take the same mindset to to this, but this is about, this. there's people involved here. So, yeah. you know, if you want to get the best out of those people, you know, you got to love one of them a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I, I think anything you do, everything starts with, um, you know, customer service when you look at the fans, but you got to look at your product, what's going to be entertaining the fans. I remember in Cincinnati, you talk about the lack of not having. I remember I walked in and I walked into Cincinnati and they asked You know, they was like, go see Tom Gray. Get all your stuff. And I'm like, all right. So I go to the window. Tom throws me a pair of socks, jockstrap, T-shirt. Back then, we were wearing the Grays. You know, we wear Grays to get in the hot tub as you get later in the 2000s. But late 90s. Man, the, greys, they were your shorts.
2: They were your drawers. Yeah. They like me. So, <laughs> okay so, so hey,
0: too. Making some good money. You need to stop wearing that TM issue. Stop wearing them greys in the house. Yeah. But like, you know, to my point, it's like, what's the standard? <laughs> Yo, cheap ass. you gonna know I, mean? you know, I bet you your whole underwear drawer was grey. Grays, man. Straight gray. yeah, with man, shield, like a grays. With ass, the shield on the grays with a shield on oh, But let me tell you about Tom, though. He don't have the audacity to give me a jock strap that was used. Not even lying. Damn. Listen, I ain't trying to crap on nobody, but we going to tell the truth on behind the mask. Because there's one rule on behind the mask. There are no rules. There are no rules. All right, are. And so he gave me a jock strap without, I mean, it was like dingy. And I'm like, man, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. That, that, yeah you know, so from that point, I never wore a jockstrap my entire year playing. <laughs> like, period. Yeah. Like, my entire career, I always wore tights, Mm -hmm. you know, from that. So I get what you're saying when you say, you know what? In order to get the best out of your guys, you got to be able to provide them with something to be able to take them to uh, the next level. One of your teammates, John Kittner, he was also my teammate as well. Uh, John was a guy who we played together in Cincinnati, quarterback. He would call it like he saw it. And if he felt like things were not going in the right direction, not only would he let you know as a player, but he would tell coaches and make 100%. sure that it got up to the upper management. I know you had some type of experience <laughs> with John. Hilarious. Talk about that. Like some of the things are uh, one of the things that you remember from him that yeah. really opened up everybody's eyes.
1: John's a great leader. Um, loved to have him. I wish I could have played with him more. Um, wish I had time to be, to be around. He's a spiritual leader. You know, we had... Um, I Bible study at his house every Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday <clears throat> during the season. So, going into the 0 and 16 season prior to any of this happening, nope, everybody thought we were going to be decent because we had a, you know, decent year the year before. Nothing great, maybe we won seven games or eight games. You know, that was decent in Detroit. Yeah, you know, that was good in Detroit at the time. <laughs> <laughs> in comparison to the following year. Long story short, we, had, we went into the season with two coordinators, offense, I mean a running game coordinator and a um, passing game coordinator. So it didn't really maybe see eye to eye. And literally one big team meeting, John got up in the middle of the meeting. I don't remember exactly what was going on. Obviously something he didn't like. And he walked out of the meeting and halfway out, out of the team meeting room. he turned and said, we won't win a damn game if we go into the season with this plan. Long story short, a week later, John Kitten got traded to Dallas along with Roy Williams, who they before got the before the season, they called me and Roy into the office, like, if we gonna if we're gonna do anything here, it's gonna be on you two, you two guys' shoulders. I'm like, shit, now it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only as good as the guy throwing me the ball. Yeah, they got rid of Kidney, you got rid of, Kidman, you got rid of um, Roy Williams. So then so now it's just me there and um we went on 16 that year. I still had a really good year. Didn't get a, sn- a sniff at the Pro Bowl, even though I had better numbers than some people. But we went on 16. So you don't win a game. I, mean, I can get. I kind of get that. But um, long story short, I mean, he literally called it. He called it. You're not going to win a game if you go into the season with this plan. And we didn't win one game that year. I, and I really thought my, my future in the NFL was really bleak at the time. I didn't know how, how much longer I wanted to
0: play because it's just not a good culture. And that was in 08, right? Second year. Yep. Well, let me tell you this. Let me give you a little nugget. I'm not even sure if you knew this. In 07, I finished my year with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Came off a rotator cuff injury. Um, I was trying to see where I was going to play mm-hmm. next. So mm-hmm. they flew Matt Mill. I think it was Matt Millen. Yeah. He yep. flew me to Detroit. And it was out of San Francisco and Detroit. And I went and took a visit. Rob Marinelli was the yep. head coach. Yep. And he brought me down and he sat me down. What was, the rec- what was y'all record that first year? Your first year? I feel like we went either. Oh, we were like either six or seven. I think I feel like we might have been seven and uh, whatever is left, nine. Disappointing at the end of well, the day. But
1: it's so disappointing because we won like five or six games in the first half of the season and then and lost out. Yeah. So we literally, instead of going on 16 we kind of had like a, before that, like another like five or six games that we lost before that. So it was bad. bad
0: yeah, bad. so I came in there and I'm talking with Rob Marinelli and mm-hmm. Rob was like, hey, T'Kio, you know what? We're going to change the culture around here. We're going to do everything different. Like, okay, I believe in you. You still waiting on you to sell me on the team. It was, yes. And then he told me, he said, You know what? Now we just can't have you to come in here and you just don't automatically start. You got to compete for a job.
2: What?
0: All right. You trying to, I'm not rhyming on no whack beat. <laughs> I'm not coming to Detroit. <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? I say, Nah, man, listen, I understand that you got to play. But I accomplished a lot in this league. Yeah. And you telling me I got to come to the Detroit Lions? Long story short, I said, you know what, Coach? I appreciate that opportunity to sit down and speak with you. I think highly of you. But I'm going to take my talents over here to the West Coast, the yeah. 49ers. Lo and behold, that same year, what were y'all record? and 16 and 16 You talk about somebody dodging a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I had on a flak jacket. What? <laughs> my goodness. The roof
1: on that dress. Man. And to your point, man, Rod, great guy. I love Rod, man. He's still doing his thing with Dallas, but it's just the people around, man. Just not everybody was the right people.
2: What would you tell the, the young stars in the league now um, how to deal with that that adversity or the unfavorable circumstances? And, and and I ask you that because you see some of the the players now, like A.B., anytime mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. Uh, goes wrong or doesn't go in their favor, they hop on social media and start thumb wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and everything is out in the media. You weren't like that. So what would I got, you... Yeah, I
1: got a reason why I wasn't like well, that. What's but, the reason? And, and what would you tell some of the young players now that are going through unfavorable situations? 100%. Um, my reason for it, when I was in, when I was in college, social media was kind of just kind of on that, you know, Facebook and all that stuff was out, whatever, MySpace, you know. All those you was things, on that
0: MySpace, that
1: Yeah, yeah you know it. It what was your, hey, who was me your burned. handle? What got was your It got me, me so, I don't even remember my handle. But. <laughs> but it got me burnt, you know, in relationships, you know? Yeah, so I, I, was, yeah. I was very bad. So from that point on, I was like, okay, forget social media. I can't stand it. It's the worst. I <laughs> wasn't good at it. <laughs> 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 That's Trying is to
0: true. send messages to the public. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> CJ trying to holler at her. <laughs>
1: exactly. But I got in too much trouble on social media. So from that point on, I mean, I, I understand it's a necessary evil. But, and it could be good for your business if you're doing the right things with your business. And to that point, guys got to understand that they are a business. Your body is your business when you're in the NFL, but you got to conduct yourself as you're the CEO of that thing, and you can't have any BS come through there because it affects your business. And the day, if that affects your business, you're losing money. Yeah. So you're trying to get – I mean, being on a team like Detroit, I learned that, okay, I understand that we're not, we're not winning right here, so I'm just going to be the best I can, be the best version of myself for my team. So I could put myself in the best situation to take care of my family, you know. Because I might not win no Super Bowl ring while I'm here, so at least I'm gonna do that. I'm, I'm gonna set myself up um, and, be, and be the best that I could be, be the best version of myself. And that goes from how I get up, how I train, how I eat, how I, you know, take care of my body. And that's how. I, that's why I would tell the young guys, you know, um, treat yourself like a business. Don't be talking. Don't be putting BS out there because that stuff does not go away. Once it's out there, it's out there. It's going to affect you down the line. You see, guys, don't get people not the eyes, but people in general. Lose job opportunities because BS they might have said on social media. So, you know, as far as that goes, just be smart and use it as a um, benefit to you for your brand.
0: Bro, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, when you look at what we do, like, we are brands. Mm -hmm. And in order to take advantage of your brand, you have to go out and play at a high level in order to get or reap the rewards that you earned. In 2012, you signed a $132 million contract. Sixty million guaranteed. That contract ran until two thousand nineteen. You retired. You decided to walk away from the game in two thousand fifteen. Now I'm gonna tell you. I think about when I when I got the bag like that, like you got to kick me out the game. I ain't giving <laughs> I ain't giving them folks nothing back, bro. They kick you out. Well, they did that. They actually they did kick, kick me. You out. Yeah, you're right. We're about that. Yeah, when you're t- that's another episode. On, <laughs> so like. Like you know, a lot of times, like when people don't have, mm-hmm. or they haven't had the experience of having experience of having and walked the step in your shoes, of course they're gonna have their opinions. Like, what led to you saying enough is enough? I don't care how much money you paying me. Yeah, I
1: mean, I made more money than I ever could have dreamed of playing in this league. I mean, shoot, and then, I mean, the goal is still to make more money, you know. But I just had enough of doing it at the expense of my body. You know, my peace and my time. Mm. That's it. Simple as that. Drop smite. Simple as that. Just.
0: Like, it, Like you didn't even, like, pick up a pen and paper and say, okay, if I retire next year, then I give them back less. Oh, no. None it, of that. It wasn't about
1: that. I mean, that, what they already gave me and shit was, I mean, I played half my contract, so they paid me pretty much half my contract. So I was like, sure, I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm I'm surprised they came at me like they did because I mean at the end of the day I'm saving you money at the end of the day I And mean, I come back in there and, and suit back up and that hurt the whole that hurt the whole, whole organization because you got to pay me <laughs> you know right what I'm saying? so you know don't 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 keep
0: so you had to pay they came back so you got to pay the, the essentially we all thought the contract was guaranteed or whatever um, but you have to pay back the prorated part of the signing bonus correct Mm-hmm. now. When you look at the situation of Andrew Luck. Oh, yeah. And Andrew Luck, he signed a big deal, another $100 million deal. Mm-hmm. He did not even have to pay back anything. The Indianapolis coach decided to say, you know what? We're good. We understand what you went through. We saw what you went through. And us being a good organization, we're going to let you ride out. Did that even, and Detroit on the, otherwise, on the other hand, for you, they were like, hey, you didn't finish your contractual duty, so we need some of that back. Uh, did that make you bitter in any way?
1: Um, it didn't make me bitter at all. I was like, good for him. You know, I was bitter. I had been bitter when they had came at me sideways, like, however long ago that was. But, you know, I just washed my hands with him and told him, I don't have any, any business with you. I don't want to do anything with you. You have to pay me in order to have me do anything with you. Huh. But to see Andrew Luck walk away, I'm like, that's how you're supposed to do it. Right. You know, that just showed, that, that's just, they just showed respect. And that's all that was, you know. It's just a lack of respect. I feel like at the end of the day, when it comes down, if you know what we went through, if you know what I brought to the organization, you know, I'm like, shoot, why the heck would that even happen? And I mean, anybody that has had, that has been around Detroit, you know, or know anything about the situation, like, yeah, they, I mean, it's clear to see that, you know, it's, it's an organizational organizational problem.
2: And then half of that, that had to be, what almost gave you uh, the confidence to say, you know what, I know it's over. Oh yeah, you know, and, and I talked about Barry Sanders before, but mm-hmm. the rumors were swirling like, "Oh, is Barry gonna come back? Is Barry gonna come back?" Which you was like, "Is Megatron gonna come back?" Like we, I was, I was waiting. We we were waiting. I was on the outside. <laughs> like he's coming back. So that had to make you feel like you know what? I made the right decision.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't want to be a part of that, and that's how. I mean, that went into my original decision. I mean, just the way the organization was going. I mean, you hear from guys when they come from different teams like, this ain't it. Like, we, I just came from Seattle, but I don't know what y'all are doing over here. Like, this ain't it. You know, or like to talk, talking about how we were talking about earlier, like just the things that the team does for the players, you know. None of that was had here. So, there's like, okay, you hear from other guys all the time. Like, they don't they don't treat y'all right here. They don't do y'all right. They don't do you right. You shouldn't be doing all this and that. And I don't know any better. I just know what I know, like you say, until we right. learned, until I went out and did some consulting and went around to other teams and see how they operate, I don't know any better. And I'm like – and we missed, up, missed out on all that, you know? So. Yeah. But
2: 1,964 <laughs> yards in a season, breaking the all-time great Jerry Rice's record. What went into that season, and how the hell can an organization do anything wrong to a player that has not had any off-the-field issues, has not done anything but be a leader, a pillar in the community for his entire career, How do you turn your
1: back on that? Well, they thought that they could do that and that I would still come back around. That's what they thought. Mm. They thought they could come back and put their hand out and like, hey, you did all this, but we're going to take this back from you because you didn't do this, but y'all don't ever honor any contracts. So I'm just like, okay, that's how y'all treat me well. I ain't got nothing to do. That's what I say I wash my hands with them, you know. Even if, I mean, I don't don't foresee them coming back and paying me back ever, you know. So I just, at the end of the day, I I don't care. You know, I did my thing. I, I left my mark. I did my things, and... I was happy with the way I handled myself throughout the process, and to to your point, you know, and that's another part about your brand is keeping your nose clean. Yeah. I fought my ass off. I mean, not fight my ass off, but I just tried to do right to to keep my nose clean, and that's a big part of having that brand and 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 being able to have or not. Well, it contributes a lot to having success after football if you keep that brand, you know, nice and clean. Versus what we were talking about earlier, having antics and and and, and acting out on social media as some of our you know, um, as you know, some players we talked yeah. about earlier, you know, you can't do those kind of things. Who wants to be around that? Nobody wants to be around. Nobody wants to have that in their organization. Nobody wants to have that on their team, talking about after football.
2: The positive side to that to that record breaking year, what was different in that year
1: or was there anything oh, yeah. different? Um I think that we just got off to such a great start that early on, you know, the rumors or the or words start pushing around that you're on pace to do this and that. And I think that my coach, Sean, you know, Sean, Sean was like, we're going to get it. Sean wanted it more than I did I think, at the time. And I and I was going to work my butt off to get it, you know. But I know Sean saw it. Sean saw the pace I was running on. And, and I was having 200-yard games and stuff like that. I remember, you know? I remember. Was that
0: the same year you had, you lit up the Falcons here? <laughs> yes. That, I, I broke the record that game. That that game, right? Uh, and I remember your father coming onto yeah, the field. Dope.
1: Yeah, that was dope.
0: Like, how, like, listen, my father passed. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that he was able to see me play my first three years mm-hmm. in the league. And I did a lot for him. I retired him. But when I saw your father walk out onto the field, in Atlanta, right? It was in Detroit. In Detroit. Uh, y'all was playing against Atlanta. Atlanta, mm-hmm. But, like, man, just take me through the range of emotions, yeah. what it meant, him coming on the field, you hugging him, oh, and yeah. they stopped the game yeah. for you.
1: It was huge, man. Because in order to get there, I had to had to have like a two hundred yard, or one hundred eighty, or one seventy five that game in order to even get close to going to the game. my coach Sean's like, "It's the game. We are gonna do it today." And he was just oh, so Sean was, he was, Sean, Sean was just so free and free about it, just talking it up. And I was just like, "Dang, coach! Like, goodness gracious!" I'm like, "I'm gonna go out here and try to get it, but dang, that's like, two hundred. You can't do that every game. You know, they <laughs> they can put this cloud over me the whole game and they kind of shut you down a little bit." So. But uh he spoke it, and from the jump, you know, like from the first drive, you know, we came out just humming and bawling, and Matthew was feeding me and to have my dad come down at that at that point later on in the game um it, I think it, it it was a for him, I feel like it was more of a manifestation, you know, just like you know this is all my hard work, you know, not that I'm not his only kid, obviously, but the the you know just seeing me, his kid, i know I can imagine if I saw my kid you know having these great feats, you know I would be overcome with emotion. I don't even know what the emotion they'll probably be crying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I know he he always he, he break down, he probably shedding a tear out there on the field. And I know that all the moment was awesome for him, but it was it was more so awesome that we we're one, we're playing the home team, playing the Falcons at the crib, you know, and so all that went into it, man. It was it was a a heck of a feat.
2: That was dope, man. And, and we had Roddy White on, fellow mm-hmm. receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the first episode of Behind the Mask podcast and I said you guys played in the age that I call the golden era of receivers. From mm-hmm. when you know when I started to, you know, probably when you ended, there was look, the all-time greats we did. and you were alongside T.O. Who mm-hmm. you said, uh, Randy Moss, uh, Andre Johnson, Chad Johnson, yeah. Steve Smith, yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. Larry. Yeah. But you were on record saying I'm the best in the league. Why did you feel that way when you had so much other talent? everywhere you look, every week that you played?
1: Uh, Honestly, I just felt like I was doing everything that everybody else was doing, I could do it better. You know, from the way I caught the ball in my hands to- (laughs) Dropping the mic. (laughs) How many times
0: you gonna drop the mic today? Jeez. I mean I gotta he
1: see guys got- I gotta see guys when we watching films. So I, I we watch a lot of films, so I see the guys, I see them running the routes. I was just like, okay, I, I I'm doing this much more crispy than that right there. <laughs> like, <laughs> crispy. <laughs> I'm making I'm 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 like I'm going up, I'm trying to moss folks. So I'm trying to moss multiple folks, you know. I, I don't get pride. If it's one person, all right. If it's two, that's cool. <laughs> if ain't if enough. it's three, then yeah, we can <laughs> Yeah, you're on the poster, but yeah. So I just took pride in, in in doing those kind of things, having those big plays and stuff like that. And you feel arguably Hall of Famer. Oh, man, I mean, I don't know how that would go. I mean, they might, I mean, people might say I didn't play long enough or whatever, how do, but. How do you feel? Oh, yeah, I was definitely one of the best to do it. I ain't saying I'm the best, but I, I mean, shit. Yes. One of the best talents to play receiver in the game.
0: We agree. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Wholeheartedly. I mean, we, we ain't bringing no damn locker room talk at Behind the Mask. We ain't bringing no, no slap dicks on, on the Behind the Mask podcast.
2: It's real deal. It's yeah.
0: real deal. Yeah. But, you know, when you look at the competition and you look at a lot of other guys who had success playing the receiver game, take me through when you walk up to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Okay. You, you set up and you turn your head and you look to read the coverage. What DBs now do you remember looking at that you said, you know what? This guy... He's pretty damn good, and I I'm respect gonna, this game. going to be a long day. Okay, there's, a couple. there's not many, but there's a couple.
1: Only I say there's not many because I never got a whole, whole lot of just man-to-man without the safety over top. So, right. uh-huh. But one person that nobody liked on our team, any receiver, was uh, Al Harris for Green Bay Packers. Uh-huh. Al Harris was a nasty in-your-face trying to slap you every play when you get away with the hands to the face and all that. That was him every play. So there were, you know, Roy hated playing against. Roy hated playing against Al because Al was in your face, trying to give you the business. So then, my first second year, Roy started coming. I mean, Al started playing me a little more. I'm like, damn, Roy, I got him. <laughs> <laughs> Why you didn't keep? <laughs> so he started coming over, but it, I think that playing Al my first two years really set me up too. Let I me mean, along with my coach and all my upbringing, but that kind of set me up for the rest of my career because I understood like, okay. If I gotta go up against somebody like this, if this is what it's gonna be like every every week, every week in the NFL, I need to tighten up. You know, I gotta get right. I gotta get just as nasty as he is right, right now. now. And from that point, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go around from from the jump, you know, set the tone, get in these boys' face, hem them up, grab them, let them know what's up, you know, from the jump. And that's how I really uh carried myself from the, from that point on. And from there, nobody really just followed trail and really gave problems, but I like Patrick Peterson because he's one that will actually Go on that, I mean, if I go, a lot of guys, they'll stay. if I go outside, outside, they'll stay with me. If I go in that slot, though, they're they, going to go back, they're going to stay outside. They right. don't want that smoke. They don't want that slot. <laughs> <laughs> that slot is too many, it's a freeway to go. You know, mm-hmm. on, the, on, the, on the outside, you got that, that sideline as a defender, too. Yeah. But you're in that slot, I can go any which way. I can go deep, short, I could go wherever. So, you got to be a real true man corner. And not many people follow, like, uh, Pat Peterson, he'll follow. He's going to follow you. I, like, I got to respect him for that a lot. Yeah. we got about it.
2: Who, who was what it or who was one of the de- defensive backs that talked a little trash? He was like, you know what? I'm gonna give him the business. Anytime I go up against him, he he's
1: getting it. Um I couldn't stand playing against um, what's his name? Cedric. Um Cedric, uh, what was Cedric's last name? He played with the Vikings. Uh, number twenty three. Cedric Did he go to Ole Miss? Possibly. No, he ain't go to Ole Miss. He,
2: why why I gotta be he Ole was Miss. Just, oh. Was, was he a corner? Old? Yes. Yeah.
1: No, nah, he didn't go to old Miss. Okay. <laughs> well he just cause no, it's only because like he talked so much trash. And finally like like he's always tough playing the Vikings. You know, they're they're together a good team. But there's uh, the thing that last time we played played against each other, we had an overtime game. And, you know, he was talking mad cash when we went to overtime and stuff like that. And they end up the game ended up ending on a on a Mike, I mean a Matthew Stafford fadeaway like 50 yard bomb that dude's like tracking, he's on my pass, pulling me down, catch that thing, fingertips. You know, I got up, pumped up, do some punches and shit. And then Jason Hansen came in and sealed and, and won the game, the next play with a field goal in overtime. So uh, that's one guy that I was like, oh, I can't wait to get him in business because he, he's always talking. <laughs> he would never shut up. But he was good. He was good competition. Though. I can't say that. He was good competition. What's, uh, nobody else really talked too much, trash. Smoot, were, were you around with smooth? Smoop? there, Fred smooth. I didn't, I don't think He's I, the um, late and in the yes, race, he man, was there, too. but I don't think I really you know, crossed with him too much. Uh, I told you who hit me the hardest. No, uh, so actually, let's talk yeah, about that. Talk about that, because we had him on Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, Fletcher, okay. London Fletcher, man, he probably hit me man, the hardest. Man, Fletcher didn't hit, yo,
0: yeah. I don't even want you to give Fletcher <laughs> <that> credit <laughs> right now. Well, he <laughs> just I hate me right. you right now. He
1: caught me right, though, man. See, he caught me has to run the shallow route five yards deep across, he caught me like both feet off the ground, and I'm catching the ball, he literally hit me five yards that way. And I got up and I was like, okay, I'm 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 ready to, I'm done for the day. <laughs> I don't want to play. Like, like I'm good. I just got in a major car accident. I need to go sit down. <laughs> did, he, did he say anything to you? I no, didn't say nothing. He just kept playing. I am like, dang, well, he did he know what he just did, the bodily harm he just like I don't want to no more. Straight up. Yeah, man. I ain't never been hit like that. I've been hit good, but like he hit me so it just Money ain't the biggest dude, but he just caught me so right, man. Good. He got first. that leverage. He got a that leverage.
0: Show, man. Exactly. That's what it is. He's exactly. a little short dump truck. Sounds like Stephen Tully. Yeah, he's right. That's my dog. So you know, we 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 mess with each other like yeah, that. Man. Yeah. In 2012, I remember reading this Sports Illustrated article. Um, we coming off of just you got hit. In 2012, I remember you saying. I misused the terms nerve damage and concussion. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that's why we on behind the mask, because I'm assuming, like, maybe you just, oh, you know, man. you want to kind of cover something up for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's the reason why I'm asking, it's tough. It's tough. because, like, clarify exactly what you meant 100%. on that.
1: I don't remember exactly the play, but I remember what happened. You know, I, I, I've i been cussed. We played. I mean, just really, I feel like over the last however many years, you know, really... People have really been paying attention to concussions. But you think about how long we played and how many concussions I done have, I mean, who knows how many. But um, God willing it ain't too many. But in that particular situation, I remember I got hit. I might have been playing the Vikings. I don't know. Like I got hit over the middle field, got smacked, went down. If this is the same time, same situation, I got up and kind of went back down a little bit. My homie helped me up, you know. So came off the field. I kept playing, you know, because this, this happened before, you know, kind of blank out. Not blackout where I'm just stretched out in the field, you know, but you're like, okay, you got stars. You know I got hit really good. I'm gonna shake it off. I know I'll be good in like a minute. I'll be good. Um, so I'm I, I used to word concussion. I got I know I got I got I got maimed up. I got a concussion. And they was like, oh no, this is probably this is literally right before the like a couple of years before the movie came out, you know? Yeah. So this the 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 turmoil had already started with people finding out that the NFL was was withholding this stuff. So when that came out like, they're like, no, you got to take that back. This is this, the ownership. It came down for wow. ownership. You got to take that back. And I'm like, I'm not taking it back. I know what happened to me. Y'all don't know. Y'all just doing this for the pub. And they, and they I didn't write that story. They wrote that story. Wow. Yeah, I didn't write that story. I didn't backtrack that. I told them. I told them I'm not signing off on that. And that came Damn. from the Lions? Yeah.
0: I didn't write that. Damn man you talk so about-
1: all, all that stuff is the reason this stuff was coming out this is before all that stuff came out you know so it's just like you know and it was back then it was so
2: like the the whole concussion protocol the from what i recall like there uh, <laughs> like they uh, like you would get you know get dung and then you know everything might go black or you know stars or whatever and then you get to the sideline and they like you know how you feeling? Holding three fingers a, in your as face. A, yeah, as a, as, a, as a gladiator, you want to go back up. What's of your name? Year. Batman. What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they ask your name, and of course you know your name, and they be like, "You know who you at? Shit, there's seventy thousand people around me. Hell yeah, I know what the fuck I'm at. It's <laughs> a football right, game. I'm right, playing right. the game. Right. What day of the week is it? Chances are it's Sunday. Mm, yeah. What court is it? And you like?
1: Uh, <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. true.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you just look <laughs> get, it says
2: it all on the, on the big ass jumbotron. Oh, quarter. So you, you might ask me that though when I'm not concussed, and I'd be like looking right. around. But yeah, yeah so, I mean, I, it, it's easy to pass because again, you're a gladiator going back to it. But as soon as, as you said, as soon as you want to go out there and say no, this is what happens, they want you to kind of backtrack, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not fair at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. So guys, got to really take accountability for their health. And you you were talking about yeah. that. So I know one of the things that you're getting into now, and you mentioned, uh, and you're very vocal and public about, is how you dealt with the concussion, how you dealt with the injuries over the years. So so talk briefly yeah. about that.
1: Yeah, I used to, I, I did say in that article, you know, that I, that I, I smoke cannabis after, after every game. And I did not say after every game, because logistically, you can't do it after every game. You got to fly. So if it's a home game, when I get home, you know, I might I'll probably partake if I'm not knocked out sleep or um or you know drugged up off of like yeah, the yeah, off, off the power off what they give you. So um yes, that that was accurate and and that led to uh, me being a part of uh a part of um the uh the cannabis industry. Um before that there was a couple steps that, that got me into that, but I understood the healing properties um from the cannabis plant, I feel like uh, at a not at an early age, but while I was playing. And it kind of um some of my adventures afterwards and some of the athletic activity I partook in uh, after um, after uh, playing football, like dancing, um, my ankles would swell up all the time and I and then my knees and I couldn't really do what I needed to do. So I, my buddy gave me a little uh, CBD topical. And from that point on, I was like, oh crap. I knew this stuff was really, was good, but I, I really know now that there's something to, to this plant. And um, from that point on, you know, we, I mean, I'm in the business, I'm in the cannabis industry, you know, I'm, I'm, we're, we're all behind finding um, cures and um, solutions for players, you know, right now, you know, not even just players, it's veterans, you know, soccer players, hockey players, you know, that have these kind of brain injuries. And, you know, us with our partnership with what we're doing with Harvard, you know, we're really trying to find real solutions. And it's Primitive, right? Primitive is the brand, yes. And then what went into the name and what went into you? It's, into? We, we call it a Primitive because from, you know, from the beginning of the time there's been a plant here And this plant has has had these healing powers and it's been used for for ages, but over the last however 50 many years, you know, it's been criminalized. So that kind of stopped all the research, and that's criminal in itself because as I see from Harvard, there are some real solutions that this plant is bringing and um, not to um, put anything out there, but there's there's things that they're finding that this thing can help with cancer. You know, Mm -hmm. CBD and and the different um, cannabinoids from this plant. So that's a whole other discussion that we get into, but I'm a believer, um, and that's why um, I'm passionate about the industry that yeah, I'm in.
0: You talk, you talk about being in the cannabis industry and being able to help and recover, especially while you were playing, uh, sustaining concussions. Uh, you have two boys, correct? Yes. If your boys came to you today, which I'm sure they, I'm sure they have, um, I want to ask you how. What did you tell them when they wanted to say, like, Daddy, I want to play football? Do you have any reservations, understanding, and knowing now how the game used to be when you and I came in versus how it is now with all of the rule changes now everybody knows about, you know, yeah. the, the, the deadly effects of concussions? I mean, a lot of my concussions, like, probably came, probably half of
1: them came from the ground. So, ain't you know, you can do about that. I mean, yeah, contact, contact, When you got that much weight, you know,
0: just laws of physics, you know, it's, it's going to, your brain is going to hit your skull, concussion, boom. We always talk about the transition. The transition.
1: Yeah. The transition. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So, now that you're done and you're very comfortable, uh, you're at peace with your decision, um, what are you doing now? Like, what have you transitioned into now that really kind of feels devoid of you staying busy all the time?
1: Yeah. So, um, they say, like, when you're playing football, you never want to be one foot in, one foot out. You got to be all in, you know? But, you know, I knew I was going to retire that last year, and... Leading up to that, I had a lot of teammates in my locker room that had very, you know, very business-focused type people, like like a Ryan Broyles from Oklahoma, huge into real estate. Uh, and Dominican Sue, I had a really, really strong business mind. So seeing these guys in the locker room, you know, doing their business thing on the side, I'm like, I ain't even about to retire yet. This is like probably, like, you know, three, four years before I did, but I'm like, I need, I need to start thinking about this realistically because there is a next there's a whole lot of life left to live. Right on. So um, to that point, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to do some real estate. You know, I started doing some real estate. I was renting out a crib in Michigan. And I'm like, dang, okay, this ain't paid off itself. You know, in a rather, rather quick amount of time, you know, creating, you know, create some mailbox money, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I got into real estate, was doing some things with my boy Rob. You know, he played uh, offensive guard for us for like four or five years in Detroit, Seattle prior to that. And, um, you know, he was taking me around. We were doing a couple projects in Detroit because the market was awesome there, and we – um, ended up having an opportunity to go over to London to, you know, be to the uh spokesman's kind of for the Italian Super Bowl. You know, mm. they play American football over there, and we went over there, and <clears throat> you know, this is just kind of kind of came out of nowhere through a friend. You know, they wanted to have our faces over there and be involved, have some real NFL players, and, and we loved it. And on the way back, we was like, man, we could keep creating opportunities like this and and one either push our brand. You know, or just you know, create you know new, uh, a greater network than we have now. And at the time, we just like, okay, well, we need to come up with a company and do this and and find a way to give back and all that at the same time. You know, and create wealth for ourselves at the same time. So we're like, okay, well, let's let's when we get done, we're done playing. So we're like, what do we love most about when we play? And we love like we love the camaraderie. Yeah, you know, we didn't. I mean, yeah, we love the grind because we it's know so what we're going to get from it. was the camaraderie and being around the guys? So how do we how do we do something around that? And we're like, we're doing real estate. You know, we're getting deal flow. You know, we're having opportunities that come up. Let's create a company called, you know, Locker Room Consulting. You know, and that was to, uh, one, create opportunities for players, whether we source them or we create them ourselves, and to be able to help guys, give them counsel, put them in a the, in the, in the good place. We got a great counsel From like lawyers to CPAs, you know, people that can help them make sure all their life stuff is in order. Like you got your trust and stuff, you got your family and stuff like that taken care of. That
0: extensive,
1: huh? You know, you know, yes, you gotta have that, you know, because these are things that I found out like while I was playing. I'm like, wow, like ooh, this should have been done yesterday. Yeah. In case something happens to me, how do I take care of my family instead of the government just coming taking half the check? Yeah. I need those insurances in place, so to be able to get that to the players. Give give them counsel, have a give them an opportunity if they want to invest because I mean, this is what we're doing. You know these opportunities exist, and from that we're doing our real estate thing and locker room consulting. We get into um, the cannabis industry because we buy some, we're buying properties, and one of them happens to be in a, a green zone, uh-huh. and we couldn't flip it for what we knew it was worth at the time. So we decided, hey, like <clears throat> I think we could put we know what a good team looks like. We could put together a good team of or just the right people and uh, make this thing turn. And so uh, that was two years ago when we started that project. And now we have a um, vertically integrated business. We're licensed in Michigan. Uh, Our cultivation just went online. Uh, That'll be the first thing operating. Then it will come with processing and and retail. We got two retail operations in Lansing and Niles, Michigan, over there by Notre Dame. So um, those are the opportunities that we're creating. That locker room is kind of like that led to the the primitive, uh, our our new company, uh, the primitive group. But um, you know, cause the locker room, you know, we still do our real estate. We got you know real estate project going and stuff. But really, all the time and attention is going to you know getting our uh, our uh, cannabis brand up and running and getting our infrastructure behind that up and running. We're not we're not gonna be the guy that gets money just to go um, say that you know I'm using this CBD and yada yada yada. No, we're, we're we're all in. You know, we got the partnership with Harvard to show that you know they wouldn't. They're not gonna partner with yeah. nobody no, that, That's know. not cr- I, I think it's more so just their they love our professionalism, our our process, and that they know that we have a brand to protect. And they know that they have a brand to protect. So that's one thing that helped us meet in the middle and we're creating a win win situation by having their validation and us being able to do some um key research in the field in the in, in 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 their phytomedicine in this institute, which is phytomedicine, plant medicine. That's all it is. And cannabis is a big part of that. So um um, that's why we're partnered up with them. And, you know, that that's great for our brand. It's great for the things that they're accomplishing right now, the, the, the trials and stuff that they're doing. And at the end of the day, it'd be good for humanity.
2: Dope, man, dope, dope. And do you find that... The current players in the league are receptive to it or the guys that just re- retired are, are receptive to
1: more so the guys that are retired because they're not under the umbrella of the NFL and, and the um and the testing and cause I mean it's not not necessarily that you're invested in it. It means that you're that you're partaking in it, but right. you know, it might not people might feel it's, it's not a good look. You know, but, it might not be a good look. But you know, and I mean to cut short. The crazy yeah. thing is that guys were smoking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They
2: they were smoking and oh, they wow. were partaking, but they obviously you don't want to be public for whatever reason, but in terms
1: of an investment opportunity, that's, that's successful. I, I didn't want it to be public. Right. right. Like the only reason it became public for us is because we uh, got denied our, our first attempt at getting licensed in Michigan. Okay. When that happened, it's like the whole world came down. <laughs> it was like, hold up. We just did all this work. We built this beautiful cultivation. It ain't, we wasn't built at the time yet, but we're in the process. And they just denied us our license. And guess what they denied us our license off of? What? They said I had too many traffic citations.
0: What? Man. Come on, so
1: long come story on. long story short, that they have a board, they have lore licensing and registration affairs. They, they they're over tobacco, alcohol, and, yeah. and, and marijuana. So they had this board, they should be making the decisions, but they had a board outside of that that actually made the decisions. So the board was corrupt, they were taking money, they were doing stuff like counseling people for no reason, whatever the agenda was. Governor caught wind of it. And after we um actually we separated, everybody went through and got their license on their own. And then they, they 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 gave us our license unanimously. After the after that was seen, it was like okay, well y'all did this for nothing. So the um, governor um, canceled out the board, and now it's actually just Laura who's making those decisions, who it should have been because anything extra just breeds corruption. Right. Mm. What was it speeding? So you fast on the field,
2: i, I, I had going fast I, I, off I, I, the field. I, <laughs> I know going around the curve, that man. off ramp, going on the access ramp, going yes. on the 85. It yes. was pretty fast. Let's <laughs>
0: talk about it.
1: I, I you know, I, 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 I like horsepower. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I've, I've always. I had model cars growing up. I've always been a car fan. Um, you know, I finally got, I got a Ferrari. I got it's gone now, but um, I got I love I love cars, man. So
0: what you rolling in now? Like what's your what's your latest toy that you really enjoy driving?
1: Uh, my favorite is probably my I got a Challenger Demon. I never thought I would buy American, but it was a limited edition. They only made American. three thousand of them. It's a thousand horsepower whip. You know it's it tumbles tight. I had it tuned by Hennessy. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's a, it's a beast. You know? So the torque is just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Did you drive it oh, yeah. today? No. Nah, it's too wet. You don't drive it when it's wet. Oh, nah. yeah. <laughs> that just that rear wheel. Nah, I'll play it. Nah, you going to be in the trees somewhere. Nah, exactly, exactly, exactly. You only have the fun you need to have with that on like a on an airport um, Talk, runway. Man. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: man, how many mics you gonna drop, man? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Shit, man, I
2: don't think we got no more. <laughs> Driving on an airport runway. <laughs> so you've done that. What what's that about?
1: No, no, I said that's the only way you're gonna have all the fun you can have with that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: I know your your company, um, primitive, primitive care. Uh, we're gonna make sure. How did we find out more about primitive? What online? What's the uh how did we find out more?
1: Yeah, we got our splash page. It should be coming. If it's not up, it'll be up soon, but it'd be primitivegroup.com, um, dot com. So that'll be it eventually. But yeah, when I come back on, everything will be live, and we'll have dis- oh probably not have dispensaries open, but we'll be close to having those open as-, as well.
0: Well, you know what? This is what I really see. I think we should take—we've taken the Behind the Mask podcast Uh-oh. to London. uh Oh, we've taken it to Auburn, Alabama. Uh-huh. From, uh, the next Michigan. stop needs to go up to Michigan, so oh, we can sure. uh, yeah. we can have a few samples and possibly even partake.
1: Come, come and sample
0: the product. <laughs> Yes, y'all can be my quality quality, quality control. control. There,
1: you there you go. There you go. There you go.
0: Nah, man. We we appreciate the time, man. Yeah. And yeah. um uh, we appreciate the time. Always appreciate your two cents.
2: My two cents. Gotta give it. Gotta give it. It's all
0: and good. uh, and uh, bro, whenever you back in town or however we can help you, let us know and we'll make sure we make magic happen.
2: Appreciate it. So, love love it. Appreciate it was a great time behind man. the mask. Great time. My man. Let's go
1: behind the mask.